Hey, ghoul friends, it's me, Adrian, or Aiden, either way, I am still your host, and you are still listening to Susto. For those of you who are not familiar with me or the show, Susto is a scary podcast centered around paranormal folklore from Latin American and Hispanic cultures. Each episode is narrative-driven, so I like to tell a story, and then afterwards I dive into any relevant context that surrounds the story, whether it's cultural, historical, what have you, and sometimes they're just good old scary stories. Now you might be thinking, what is this? What's going on? Well, your regular hosts, the Paranormal Putas, have been so kind as to allow me to drop one of my episodes in their feed as a sneak peek into Susto if you haven't heard it before. If you have, hey girlfriend, nice to see you again, funny running into you here, and if you haven't, I hope that you enjoy this episode, and feel free to visit me anytime you'd like. Before we move on, if you have any of your own scary stories to share with me or anything you think that I should share on my social media pages, that's at Susto Podcast on every social platform, you can do so by sending me a DM to one of those platforms. You can write it in an email to sustopodcast at gmail.com. You can drop it in a Q&A on Spotify and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or you can send it through my website, that's www.sustopodcast.com. And while you're on my website, feel free to check out my other episodes, my shop, my blog, anything that I throw on there. Again, I hope that you enjoy it. It's so nice meeting you. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Nuestra Señora de la Santa Muerte, or Our Lady of Holy Death, often shortened to Santa Muerte, is a cult image, female deity, and folk saint in folk Catholicism and Mexican neo-paganism. A personification of death, she is associated with healing, protection, and safe delivery to the afterlife by her devotees. Despite condemnation by leaders of the Catholic Church, and more recently evangelical movements, her following has become increasingly prominent since the turn of the 21st century. Originally appearing as a male figure, Santa Muerte now generally appears as a skeletal female figure, clad in a long robe and holding one or more objects, usually a scythe and a globe. Her robe can be of any color, as more specific images of the figure vary widely from devotee to devotee, and according to the rite being performed or the petition being made. The cult of Santa Muerte began in Mexico sometime in the mid-20th century and was clandestine until the 1990s. Most prayers and other rites have been traditionally performed privately at home. Since the beginning of the 21st century, worship has become more public, especially in Mexico City after a believer called Enriqueta Romero initiated her famous Mexico City Shrine in 2001. The number of believers in Santa Muerte has grown over the past 10 to 20 years to an estimated 10 to 20 million followers in Mexico, parts of Central America, the United States, and Canada. Santa Muerte has similar male counterparts in the American continent such as the skeletal folk saints San La Muerte of Paraguay and Rey Pascual of Guatemala. According to R. Andrew Chestnut, PhD in Latin American history and professor of religious studies, the cult of Santa Muerte is the single fastest growing new religious movement in the Americas. After the Spanish conquest of the Aztec Empire, the worship of death diminished but was never eradicated. 
Judith Katia Perdigon Castaneda has found references dating to 18th century Mexico. According to one account, recorded in the annals of the Spanish Inquisition, indigenous people in central Mexico tied up a skeletal figure, whom they addressed as Santa Muerte, and threatened it with lashings if it did not perform miracles or grant their wishes. Another syncretism between pre-Columbian and Christian beliefs about death can be seen in Day of the Dead celebrations. During these celebrations, many Latin Americans flock to cemeteries to sing and pray for friends and family members who have died. Children partake in the festivities by eating chocolate or candy in the shape of skulls. Perdigón Castañeda, Thompson, Kingsbury, and Chestnut have countered the argument proposed by Malvido, Lomnitz, and Christensen that Santa Muerte's origins are not indigenous, suggesting that Santa Muerte derives from authentic indigenous beliefs. For Malvido, this stems from indigenous discourse originating to the 1930s. Nevertheless, through ethno-archaeological researches by Kingsbury and Chestnut, as well as archival work by Perdigón Castañeda, proof has been established that there are clear links between pre-Columbian death deity worship and Santa Muerte's supplication. As Kingsbury has pointed out, to deny the indigenous roots of Santa Muerte is to promote neocolonialism and the denial of indigenous influences and cultures as important still in the current context. In contrast to Day of the Dead, overt veronation of Santa Muerte remained clandestine until the middle of the 20th century. When it went public in sporadic occurrences, reaction was often harsh and induced the desecration of shrines and altars. At the beginning of the 20th century, José Guadalupe Posada created a similar but secular figure by the name of Catrina, a female skeleton dressed in fancy clothing of the period. Posada began to evoke the idea that the universality of death generated a fundamental equality amongst man. His paintings of skeletons in daily life and that La Catrina were meant to represent the arbitrary and violent nature of an unequal society. Santa Muerte is a personification of death. Unlike other saints who originated in Mexican folk Catholicism, Santa Muerte is not herself seen as a dead human being. She is associated with healing, protection, financial well-being, and assurance of a path to the afterlife. Although there are other death saints in Latin America, such as Santa Muerte, Santa Muerte is the only female saint of death in either of the Americas. Though early figures of the saint were male, iconographically, Santa Muerte is a skeleton dressed in female clothes or a shroud and carrying both a scythe and a globe. Santa Muerte is marked out as a female not by her figure but by her attire or hair. The latter was introduced by a believer named Enriqueta Romero. The two most common objects that Santa Muerte holds in her hands are a globe and scythe. Her scythe reflects the origins of the Grim Reaper and can represent the moment of death when it is said to cut a silver thread. The scythe can symbolize the cutting of negative energies or influences. As a harvesting tool, a scythe may also symbolize hope and prosperity. The scythe has a long handle indicating that it can reach anywhere. The globe represents death's vast power and dominion over the earth and may be seen as a kind of a tomb to which we all return. Other objects associated with Santa Muerte include scales, an hourglass, an owl, and an oil lamp. The scales allude to equity, justice, and impartiality as well as divine will. An hourglass indicates the time of life on earth 
and also the belief that death is not the end, as the hourglass can be inverted to start over. The hourglass denotes Santa Muerte's relationship with time as well as with the worlds above and below. It also symbolizes patience. An owl symbolizes her ability to navigate the darkness and her wisdom. The owl is also said to act as a messenger. A lamp symbolizes intelligence and spirit to light the way through the darkness of ignorance and doubt. Owls in particular are associated with Mesoamerican death deities such as Mictlan Tecujitl and seen as evidence of continuity of death worship into Santa Muerte. Some followers of Santa Muerte believe that she is jealous and that her image should not be placed next to those of other saints or deities or there will be consequences. Many artists, particularly Mexican-American artists, have played with Santa Muerte's image. One of the images considered to be the most controversial in Mexico is the fusion of Santa Muerte and the Virgen of Guadalupe into what is sometimes known as Guadamuerte. This image has been very polarizing for many Mexicans as it features Santa Muerte dressed like the Virgen, in blue veil with stars on it, red dress, with a fiery yellow halo behind her head and often in praying pose. It has, according to news sources, been so upsetting to the Catholic Church that Santa Muerte leaders in Mexico have advised against its use. While in the Santa Muerte community, some leaders and devotees are angered that their powerful, formidable folk saint would be conflated with a completely separate entity and suffering female figure, the Virgen of Guadalupe, as the practices are different on many levels. Rites dedicated to Santa Muerte include processions and prayers with the aim of gaining a favor. Some believers of Santa Muerte remain members of the Catholic Church, while millions are cutting ties with the Catholic Church and founding independent Santa Muerte churches and temples. Altars of Santa Muerte temples generally contain one or multiple images of the Lady, generally surrounded by any or all of the following. Cigarettes, flowers, fruit, incense, water, alcoholic beverages, coins, candies, and candles. According to popular belief, Santa Muerte is very powerful and is reputed to grant many favors. Her images are treated as holy and can give favors in return for the faith of the believer, with miracles playing as a vital role. As Señora de la Noche, or Lady of the Night, she is often invoked by those exposed to the dangers of working at night such as taxi drivers, bar owners, police, soldiers, and sex workers. As such, devotees believe that she can protect against assaults, accidents, gun violence, and all types of violent death. The image is dressed differently depending on what is being requested. Usually, the vestments of the image are differently colored robes, but it is also common for the image to be dressed as a bride for those seeking a husband, or in European medieval nuns' garments similar to female Catholic saints. The colors of Santa Muerte's votive candles and vestments are associated with the type of petitions made. White is the most common color and can symbolize gratuity, purity, or the cleansing of negative influences. Red is for love and passion. It can also signify emotional stability. The color gold signifies economic power, success, money, and prosperity. Green symbolizes justice, legal matters, or unity with loved ones. Amber or dark yellow indicates health. Images with this color can be seen in rehabilitation centers, especially those for drug addiction and alcoholism. 
black represents total protection against black magic or sorcery, or conversely, negative magic, or for force directed against rivals and enemies. Blue candles and images of the saint indicate wisdom, which is favored by students and those in education. It can also be used to petition for health. Brown is used to invoke spirits from beyond, while purple, like yellow, usually symbolizes health. More recently, purple, yellow, and white candles have been used by devotees to supplicate Santa Muerte for healing of and protection from coronavirus, as documented by Kingsbury and Chestnut, the leading researchers on Santa Muerte. Devotees may present her with a polychrome seven-color candle, which Chestnut believed was probably adopted from the Seven Powers candle of Santeria, a syncretic faith brought to Mexico by Cuban migrants. Here, the seven colors are gold, silver, copper, blue, purple, red, and green. In addition to the candle's investments, each devotee adorns their own image in their own way, using US dollars, gold coins, jewelry, and other items. Santa Muerte also has a Saint's Day, which varies from shrine to shrine. The most prominent is November 1st, when the believer Enriqueta Romero celebrates her at her historic Tepito Shrine, where the famous effigy is dressed as a bride. Others celebrate her day on August 15th. According to Chestnut, the cult of Santa Muerte is generally informal and unorganized. Since worship of this image has been, and to a large extent still is, clandestine, most rituals are performed in altars constructed at the homes of devotees. Recently, shrines to this image have been mushrooming in public. The one on Dr. Verde's street in Colonia Doctores is unique in Mexico City because it features an image of Jesus Malverde, along with Santa Muerte. Another public shrine is in a small park on Matamoros Street very close to Paseo de la Reforma. Shrines can also be found in the back of all kinds of stores and gas stations. As veneration of Santa Muerte becomes more accepted, stores specializing in religious articles such as botanicas are carrying more and more paraphernalia related to the cult. Historian R. Andrew Chestnut has discovered that many botanicas in both Mexico and the U.S. are kept in business by sales of Santa Muerte paraphernalia, with numerous shops earning up to half of their profits on Santa Muerte items. This is true even of stores in very well-known locations such as Pasaje Catedral behind the Mexico City Cathedral, which is mostly dedicated to stores selling Catholic liturgical items. Her image is a staple in esoterica shops. There are those who now call themselves Santa Muerte priests or priestesses, such as Jacqueline Rodriguez in Monterrey. She maintains a shop in Mercado Juarez in Monterrey, where tarot card readers, curanderos, herbal healers, and sorcerers can also be found. In essence, they have created their own new religion that reflects their realities, hardships, identity, and practices, especially since it speaks to the violence and struggle for life that many of these people face. Conversely, both police forces and the military in Mexico can be counted among the faithful who ask for blessings on their weapons and ammunition. While worship is largely based in poor neighborhoods, Santa Muerte is also venerated in affluent areas such as Mexico City's Condesa and Coyoacán districts. However, negative media coverage of the worship and condemnation by the Catholic Church in Mexico and certain Protestant dominations have influenced public perception of the cult of Santa Muerte. With the exception of some artists and politicians, some of whom perform rituals secretly, those in higher socioeconomic strata look upon the veneration with distaste as a form of superstition.
Santa Muerte is also revered and seen as a saint and protector of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer communities in Mexico. Since LGBTQ people are considered and treated as outcasts by the Catholic Church, evangelical churches, and Mexican society at large. Many LGBTQ people ask her for protection from violence, hatred, disease, and to help them in their search for love. Her intercession is commonly invoked in same-sex marriage ceremonies performed in Mexico. The Church of Santa Muerte recognizes gay marriage and performs religious wedding ceremonies for queer couples. In the Mexican and U.S. press, the cult of Santa Muerte is often associated with violence, criminality, and the illegal drug trade. She is a popular deity in prisons, both among inmates and staff, and shrines dedicated to her can be found in many cells. Altars with images of Santa Muerte have been found in many drug houses in both Mexico and the United States. Among Santa Muerte's more famous devotees are kidnapper Daniel Arismendi Lopez, known as El Mocha Orejas, and Gilberto Garcia Mena, one of the bosses of the Gulf Cartel. In March 2012, the Sonora State Investigative Police announced that they had arrested eight people for murder for allegedly having performed a human sacrifice of a woman and two 10-year-old boys to Santa Muerte. In December 2010, the self-proclaimed Bishop David Romo was arrested on charges of banking funds of a kidnapping gang linked to a cartel. He continues to lead his sect from his prison, but it is unfeasible for Romo or anyone else to gain dominance over the Santa Muerte cult. Her faith is spreading rapidly and organically from town to town, such that it is easy to become a preacher or messianic figure. Drug lords like that of La Familia Cartel take advantage of gangster foot soldiers' vulnerability and enforced religious obedience to establish a holy meaning to their cause that would keep their soldiers disciplined. Since the mid-20th century, and throughout the 21st century, the religion of Santa Muerte and her devotees have been regularly discriminated, ostracized, and socially excluded, both by the Catholic Church and various evangelical Pentecostal Protestant churches in Mexico and the rest of Central America. The Catholic Church has condemned the cult of Santa Muerte in Mexico and Latin America as blasphemous and satanic, calling it a degeneration of religion. When Pope Francis visited Mexico in 2016, he repudiated Santa Muerte on his first full day in the country, condemning Santa Muerte as a dangerous symbol of narco-culture. Latin American Protestant churches have condemned it too as black magic and trickery. Mexico's Catholic Church has accused Santa Muerte devotees, many of whom were baptized in the Catholic religion despite the difference of belief and the fact that Santa Muerte churches and temples have instituted a separate baptism practice of having turned to devil worship. Catholic priests regularly chastise parishioners, telling them that death is not a person but rather a phase of life. However, the church stops short of labeling such followers as heretics, instead accusing them of heterodoxy. Other reasons the Mexican Catholic Church has officially condemned the worship of Santa Muerte is that most of her rites are modeled after Catholic liturgy, and some Santa Muerte devotees eventually split from the Catholic Church and begin vying for control of church buildings. Despite the many attempts from the Catholic Church and Protestant churches to undermine the devotion to Santa Muerte in Mexico and elsewhere, along with religious discrimination and accusations towards her followers, the religion of Santa Muerte has enjoyed a steady growth and spread in the American continent since the mid-20th century, 
and is considered by scholars of religion to be the single fastest growing new religious movement in the Americas. So firstly, I want to just say that there was a lot, a lot, a lot of information on that Wikipedia page. You can find the direct link to it, of course, on the Susto Google Docs on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Susto Podcast. I did skip some portions of that. I really wanted to do kind of like a condensed, concise, I guess, history and background of Santa Muerte because she is someone, she's a deity that I have brought up on the show many times before but I've never gone in depth about her. One of the first things I want to say is I was reading off of this Wikipedia entry and they use the word cult over and over again. I think that there is specific negative connotation to the word cult. I think that this entry was using that word more in like a sense of size because I think when you're talking about numbers and popularity, before religion is a religion, it's it's a cult. That's solely based on like the amount of followers on how far it spreads basically and i want to say i read that in there's a book called cultish that i really enjoyed not completely related i've, I've always kind of like recognized or understood that it was a religion and I, I think that may be because it's very closely tied as was described in that entry that i just read to the catholic religion a lot of people who worship or recognize santa muerte as a deity are catholic they started off as catholic are still catholic they've incorporated her into their catholic Catholic practice. It varies from person to person. One of the other things that I wanted to address is I did read off that section about her ties to like criminality in both the US and Mexico. It's one of those things where basically all like mysticism and all brujeria is I think it boils down to from person to person, you know, it's either you are a person who's going to use your connection with this deity for good or for bad. And that's up to you. I I think that's what I really respect and appreciate about Santa Muerte is that she is, she's neutral. She's death. She's the great equalizer. Everybody experiences death. Yeah, there are people that worship her and pray to her and petition her for their own needs, whatever those needs might be. They might be for their own protection, to find love, to advance their careers. They might be to take down their enemies, to hurt people, to continue getting away with whatever crime they might be doing. I'm not even somebody that has a close relationship or connection to Santa Muerte. I don't work with her as a deity. I feel like I've just never really known enough to make that commitment. But again, I've always recognized and respected that it is a commitment from the things that I've read and heard about Santa Muerte and the people who work with her recognize and worship her. It's not, I guess, a relationship to be taken lightly. From what I've understood is that it's a commitment that you enter with her and that like, again, was mentioned in this entry that she is, she's like, a she's kind of a jealous deity from what they've said is that if you're going to have her on an altar, it needs to be an altar dedicated to her, which from what I've heard from other practitioners is if you have one specific deity that you're, or entity that you're like working with, the, the altar they're on should be dedicated to only them. So that would make sense for her too, right? Like she's demanding the respect that she deserves from her devotees, right? I remember hearing a lot of negative things about her growing up because again, like I grew up in the Catholic church. So hearing about she was a symbol of black magic and like of, of 
evil brujeria. So yeah, growing up, I had this perception of her that was placed on me, like for me. I didn't get to make up my mind about her, but growing up and becoming more interested in this kind of stuff and in doing the stories that I've done, I've learned more about her. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's it's a practice whether or not you follow it. I think it should be respected because again, it's not something that is innately or inherently evil. You know, again, it's down to person to person. I will say some people that have helped me recognize that are, and I've talked about them on the show before, the founders and the owners of City Alchemist here in Austin, they actually offer courses about working with Santa Muerte. And I'm going to include a direct link to that again in the Susto Google Doc, but you can find it on their website, cityalchemist.com. So if you're ever in Austin, I always highly recommend going to check out City Alchemist. They are a direct source that you can go to to learn about them. There's tons of resources online, of course, and I know that there's there's got to be other people that speak about working with her and teach about working with her. They are just two people that I happen to know and that I respect a lot and I would recommend checking them out. One thing also that I had heard before and I was really excited about is the association with the queer community between Santa Muerte and the queer community. I don't want to connect them directly, but the association with the queer community and the association with criminality is because many people see her as a figure and as a representation almost of people who are outcasts, people who are marginalized. Now, when it comes to criminality, that's different because typically criminality is they're usually choices right but and this might be a hot take for some of you there's a lot of nuance is I guess what I'm trying to say around why people do the things they do and I, I do not think everything is black and white I think there is a full spectrum as to where people are in their lives and why they do the things that they do and I don't judge people for those things, at least not initially, without like a full story. But for example, they say how she's known for being worshipped by like sex workers, for example. And the only reason it's tied to criminality in that sense is because sex work is criminalized in a lot of places in the world, but in the US, especially in the US. And I don't think that's fair. I'm someone that thinks sex work is work and that sex workers should be protected legally and that it's criminalized for bullshit reasons. I'm not even going to like go all the way into that. But what I'm saying is it ties back to people who are marginalized. And the same can go for people who may be involved with like, let's say selling drugs. You know, I am not defending that choice especially because of some of the things that are out in the market right now that are very dangerous, that are very damaging to communities. But also I try to put myself in the position of like, why would I ever do that? And I would only ever do that if I felt the need to support myself, to support my loved ones. And I felt like I had no other options. Again, these are very big nuanced conversations that I might not be completely qualified to have, but I feel there should be a level of empathy and sympathy for people that are criminalized for trying to survive, I guess is the best way that I can put that. (laughs) But again, back to it, as someone who is a queer person and as someone who has been marginalized for being queer, for being a person of color and for having a chronic illness, I can definitely see how people see this religion and feel embraced by it. Because even if we're talking about death as a phase of life, people are so And this might just be, I think, a U.S. American thing is that people are so scared of death. People don't know how to talk about it. I know that I'm someone who's scared of death. I'm I'm so 
I'm deathly afraid of dying, <laughs> right? I, I'm, I'm very scared of it and it is hard for me to deal with. I think I do a better job than some people, but it's still very hard for me to deal with and it freaks me out. And so already this figure who is supposed to be this saint of death, she's this figurehead of death. Of course, it's going to be an outcast religion because people already don't know how to deal with that as just a phase of life. So to think of it personified, I think re that really, really freaks people out because again, they already don't want to think of it. So circling back, people who are marginalized, people who are outcasts or outcasted see this religion, they see her, you know, she's this personification of something that people are not okay with. So it's understandable that again, someone like me would see her and say, you know what? That's my girl. And I could see myself working with her because I do accept that death is a part of life. It is the one true great equalizer. And even then, not everybody experiences the same dignity and respect that they should in death. I, I can see why people would reach out to Santa Muerte in an attempt to experience a safe passing to the afterlife. So I hope I was able to shed some light about Santa Muerte. And again, I'm, I'm not an expert. There are people out there who work more closely with her, who provide resources about her and real knowledge about her. So again, I, I just wanted to talk about her because she is someone that has been brought up on the show before. And it's because this show is about scary stuff. Typically when she's brought up, it's kind of in a negative light. It's because like, oh, this person was doing this messed up thing and they found statues of her around or this house was scary and it turned out to be a drug person's house and there was iconography of Santa Muerte there. You know, I really just wanted to address that Santa Muerte is not again inherently a negative religion. It's not a negative practice and people who work with her are not always bad people. Sometimes they're just looking for protection to survive, you know, which is I think what a lot of people turn to any religion for. And so I think it's something that should be understood and respected before making a judgment about it. Welcome back one last time, ghoul friends. Thank you so much again for listening. If this is your first time hearing Susto, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you'll check out my other episodes. And this was, again, just a taste of what a typical episode of Susto is like. Sometimes I do book reviews, sometimes I do interviews, sometimes I do crossovers with other shows. So if you enjoyed this, feel free to visit me on my website, sustopodcast.com. Subscribe, follow, rate, review. You know what to do, all those buttons wherever you are listening. And if you have your own scary story, or even if it's a video, photo, anything paranormal related that you think I should share either on my show or my socials, send that to me via email. That's sustopodcast at gmail.com through my website, sustopodcast.com in a DM on any social media at sustopodcast across all platforms or by leaving it in the Spotify Q&A or a five-star Apple Podcasts review. One more time, thank you so much for being here. I hope that you enjoyed this and I will haunt you later. Bye. <laughs>